Wow. Um, hey, at Cornerstone, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of churches, they, they send money to a lot of different uh, missionaries, and we do support missionaries. Uh, we're supporting Shauna and Rich. Um, but one of the things that we do that makes us kind of really cool and unique is that we really port- partner with organizations that are knocking it out of the park. These are people that are using God's resources and pushing the kingdom of God forward. Um, and and we, we do that at Haruma House in, in Kenya. We do that in, for food for the hungry in Peru. And then we also do it with Harvest Indiana, or, or uh, India, not Indiana, Harvest Indiana. Hey, they might need it too. You never know. Harvest India. And uh, it's just, it's a way for us to say, hey, let's come behind you. Let's support you financially and with prayer and spiritually. But the other part of it is, is the hope and the desire of this church is that each and every one of you would experience a a short-term mission trip. Because we believe if you can see the world in a bigger way, not, you know, because we get so caught up into living our life here in Chandler or Gilbert or Mesa and Phoenix that we miss out on what's going on with the rest of the world. And, and that really the heartbeat of our Lord and Savior is, is that he died for the world. And so when you go on a short-term mission trip, you see the world in a whole different way. You see it through the eyes of Christ. And this morning we had the opportunity to meet with Shiresh, who runs Harvest India. So if you guys would give him a, a cornerstone welcome. There we go again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I've been saying in all the services, one of the perks of my job is not necessarily my paycheck, but... um, but it's most definitely, I get to hang out with people like Shiresh and that help me, uh, get me outside of my box to see things that I haven't seen about the world before, you know. And, and so meeting you with, with you this week has been really an honor and, and thanks for being here um, this morning. So um, Harvest uh, India, tell us a little bit um, about what you guys do there and then tell us a little bit about the, um, the castes in, in India um, and the kind of the people that you work with. Uh, Harvest India have started by my mother 42 years back. My mother is the founder of this ministry, and God has used my mom powerfully because of her passion, her burden, her vision. God is blessing this work, and um, I can tell without her, I am not here today. And I'm really thanking God, such a wonderful mom in my life, and our heart is... uh, for the villages where the people, they never heard the name of Jesus Christ. So the people who have never heard Jesus, that's Jesus your Christ, heart is, yeah. Yeah. So 80% population in India living in the unreached villages. Uh, for them, there is no access. Yeah. So Harvest India have adapted the slogan uh, from Dr. William Booth, who is the founder of Salvation Army. He said, soup, soap, and salvation. I like that. Soup, soap, and salvation. So what we are doing, we take the gospel yeah. to the places and we demonstrating the love of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So for example, if the village is suffering with the lack of drinking water, we go and drill the water well. So then the people will ask why you are here, yeah. what you are doing here, what is the reason you are here, then that uh, opportunity enable us to share the God's love. Because I think what you were saying earlier was, or uh, that we were talking about, is that, that in India there are 330, correct, yes. million different gods. 
And in fact, this last government over the last five years has built 68,000 Hindu temples. And so we're talking about many, many different gods when we're trying to direct them to the one and only God. Amen. And the way we're doing that is through uh, giving tangible things, yeah. doing tangible things. Yeah, we want to share the love of Christ through our, um, uh, our action. Yeah. Like helping to the HIV and AIDS people in the Indian society. HIV and AIDS people. And yeah. also we help the leprosy people in India. Do you get that? Leprosy. You know, I think, I think we often think that leprosy was one of those biblical time things and then somehow it just went away, you know, but the same leprosy that Jesus did, dealt with, the same towns that they have, they, they, they're outcasts because of this disease, is the same thing that happens in India, is that they have these towns that are full, these little villages that are full of lepers and that Harvest India gets to come behind those people yes. and support them. And wow. also we are bringing the women from the red light districts. Uh, where the prostitution is right, happening, right. so we want, we want to bring them, we are bringing them into the place called Ashraya Project. We are giving the food and shelter, we are giving the um, hope to them, we are teaching skills so that they may stand on their own feet and they live the life with dignity and hope. Which is uh, kind of a unique thing, isn't it? Yes. It's kind of a unique thing. See, the cast that they work with is really... Um, the, when you're born into a caste, that's the caste you stay into for the rest of your life. And the caste is called, uh, say, what's the Dalits, untouchables. The, the Dalits, and then the name, the word for that is untouchables. And basically, with that caste, dogs and cows and other animals are seen to be more important than these people. And they never have an opportunity to work their way up the caste system. You're always that. And so they don't have the opportunity the women and, and children and everybody in that caste doesn't even have the opportunity for education or anything like that's that. Right. Harvest India provides yeah. that. Yeah, it's way cool. are, yes, that's what we have. And so you have prostitutes. They actually have a school there um, where prostitutes, former prostitutes, can become nurses, can get an education and become a nurse to which they go into the different villages, that's right? right? Yes. And they get to, to go help out. So cool. Yeah. We are also helping uh, orphan children. We have 1,200 orphan children in 11 homes right now. So we are blessing them and we yeah. are teaching the skills, we are teaching education. Which they would never get. They never get an opportunity. So we are seizing every opportunity what the Lord has placed before us. That is, that is unbelievable. So here's an organization that, that goes out to the people that their, uh, their country has basically said, you're lower than an animal. I would treat you worse than I would treat a dog or a cow or you're, you're lower than that. And, and Harvest India, India comes behind those people and they educate them. They give them medicine. They give them fresh water. And I, I believe it's like 80% of that is out in villages. Yes. So a lot of times when Christian organizations come in, they only, they only reach the 20% that are actually in the cities, whereas Harvest India goes out into the villages where 80% of those people are and they're right. reaching those people out there. Really, really, really cool. Um, so uh, what I want to know is um, we have been talking about this really cool thing that's kind of been going on right now with the government. Um, and uh, why don't you tell them about kind of what is going on with the, the government right now that we're really excited about. Last month we had an election in mm -hmm. India. Uh, by the God's grace, we were able to get a political party called in National Congress Party, National which Congress. is the party who loves the people, who loves every religion, and more than all, they love... Christianity. Because what I understand is the, 
the one that was in before that was a very Hindu Hindu government very Hindu government they built temples so over the last five years they built 68,000 temples while there were people without fresh water and food and clothing and housing and all that kind of stuff correct yes. and this new government has come in and we are looking to the opportunity right now another five more years and we are believing God to take the gospel of Christ into the villages where the gospel never preached. Mm. So we want to send the teams and we want to share the good news. We have, a, we have six Bible colleges. Mm. We are sending workers. Harvest our, India Harvest has India. six Bible colleges where they train people up. We to... train people and we send them last March. We were able to send 109 workers wow. uh, from our Bible schools to plant the churches. We have more than a thousand churches wow. in different places in India. So we are doing uh, everything for the glory of God to share his love. So this is a unique time in India because they have an opportunity to share the gospel like they've never been able to do before because it's not a Hindu, they don't have to live in fear, whereas before they had to live in fear, right. it was very oppressive. And now we have a window of five years where this government's in there that, and I know Harvest India is very connected with the government right now, that they can really move forward a lot of these initiatives that they're trying to do and helping that lower class people. So it's a really unique time in India and for Harvest India as well, right? That's right. That's very right. exciting. Hey, um, how did you, um, you kind of get involved with this? And, um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. I think uh, when we see the need in India, yep. you know, there is no way that we can escape. Yeah. Because the Bible is very clear according to the Gospel of John chapter 3, verse 16, God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Who will take that message? Yeah. That is the biggest question. So we are living in a great, wonderful times. So we are living uh, in the days of opportunities. Yeah. So the, God, the Lord opened many doors so that we may do the work uh, before we depart from this world. So yeah. the reason we are all here because of somebody outside who now yeah. heard the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So my, my prayer is that uh, this is the time that the church must respond. Mm. This is the time that people of God have to stand up, get up and get out and do the job. This is the time God is looking to the people who will uh, stand in the gap and bring the people from darkness to the light of Jesus Christ. 65,000 people every day dying yeah. without Christ. Why yeah. we are here? What we are here? Yeah. We are here for the future generation. We are here for the purpose of God. We are here to do His will. That's only uh, the thing that I want to share to the church. That's awesome. Yeah, and, and, and why, why India? Why not come to the States? I know you had gotten an opportunity to, to be a pastor in, in the States. Why, why, why stay in India, in a place that's 80% you know, Hindu, 13% Muslim, 2.5% is Christian? Why there? Because God has called me for the nation of India, so I must obey God. So there is a huge amount of need. There are many things are happening. I've seen God is, God is bringing thousands and thousands of people from darkness to the light of Jesus Christ. There, are a, there is a huge door of opportunity now open. So we are looking to the people. We are looking to the partners, those who would like to join with us yeah. and do the crusades and outreach ministry and sending the workers and spend the time in the nation of India yeah. and lift the banner of Christ. Very cool. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your ministry with us. We're so excited to partner with you. Oh. So exciting. And would you, 
Um, we're going to pray here in just a sec over Suresh. But hey, if, if, you, if in your heart you feel as you watch that video and you hear Suresh talk, you go, man, I, I want to be a part of that. Um, we want to give you the opportunity to go on a mission trip. Uh, to go and do a short-term mission trip with, with Harvest India. Um, tomorrow night, they're going to have a meeting at 7 o'clock here at the church. Um, you'll get to meet with Suresh, which is worth the visit anyway. But um, j- come and check it out. Come and check it out and, and be a part of what's happening in India. So can I pray with you real quick? Awesome. Let me pray for you. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you that we get to partner with godly men like Suresh who are moving your kingdom forward, Lord. Um, that uh, We thank you for what has happened in the government in India and this opportunity to take your kingdom forward, to move forward. And God, we're so honored here today to, to be with Suresh. God, would you give him the strength to continually endure in a country that is um, very much against what he's trying to do. And Lord, we just know that uh, Harvest India is going to be a light unto that country. We just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Amen. Very cool. Thank you. Isn't it, um, isn't it cool to hear the stories of people who uh, are wanting to be obedient to that calling in their life? You know, you have Shauna and Rich who just got married and, you know, have every opportunity to stay here and be a teacher, live a comfortable life. But they say, hey, we're going to go over to Kenya because we believe that's where God wants us. We believe that's where we have the most influence right now with what God has given to you. And then you have Suresh, a guy who's very in, uh, intelligent, was actually given an opportunity to come over here and be a pastor. He says, no, my heart is for my country. My heart is to, to stay in India and to help this lower class um, so that they, we could raise up a new generation um, of people to run India. I love that. I think it's so powerful. And I, we just had an amazing honor to hang out with them um, this morning. We are starting a brand new series uh, called Hidden. And ba- the basic idea behind Hidden is this. Um, have you ever been around a woman who was recently engaged, right? Don't they walk different? They act a little different. They kind of walk like, like this all the time, you know? And, and, and you try to shake their hand and they kind of, you know, oh, okay, you know, kind of all awkward with the left hand, you know, and you're like, that's weird. And, the, you know, they grab their drive, you know, through food all weird and stuff. They're just trying to let you know something. It's all right here. Eyes up here, right? And, and, you know, and then you go, oh, did you get engaged? And yes, and there's a big story behind it. We're so excited. He's so romantic. Ah, you know, 
And for the guys, it kind of works like, you know, a guy gets a car or a stereo system or something like that, and they roll up, you know, in front of the house, and they do the whole, like, dude thing, like, dude, you know, dude, I know, dude, you know, like that whole dude guy moment that we get to have with each other, right? And they're, like, turning knobs, and what she got under the hood, you know, we call it a she, and, and, and you know, that's what guys do. Get all excited about it, and he's telling you what a great deal, you know, we, we do that. We get excited about this stuff and, and look what I have and oh my gosh, but when it comes to sharing our faith and what we believe in, it's different. We clam up and we become silent and I don't want to offend and it doesn't seem, right? and you're afraid and we don't have the same reaction with something that is so powerful that it once took us from where we were, transformed us through understanding who Jesus is into now turning us into somebody who understands peace and joy and love like never before. And yet for some reason we hide that and we get quiet about it when it should be the one thing in our lives that we're screaming the loudest about. Um, we found this amazing clip on uh, YouTube uh, by a guy named Penn from Penn & Teller. Uh, he's an atheist, and this clip is really spectacular. So check it out, and, uh, and we'll talk about it when we get done. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show, and at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. And he walked over to me and he said, um, I was here last night at the show and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted, and he was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, I brought this for you. And he handed me a uh, Gideon pocket edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane. I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist. But he was not uh, defensive, and he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe 
that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever. And you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, but that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. I know there's no God and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave you that book. Um, you'd have to hate me not to tell me what you believe. If, if you truly believed that Jesus was the only way to get to heaven, if you believed in heaven and hell and that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, to close the gap between God and man, and as a result of that, you get to have eternal life with Christ, and you didn't say that, We'd have to hate somebody not to tell them that. And when we don't say that, when we hold that inside, what we are telling this world is, it's not that really big a deal. And you don't really matter. And ultimately, you only do stuff like that with people you hate. I just thought it was a, a profound moment when somebody on the outside is looking into the church and saying, this is who you are. This is what you believe. You should be standing on rooftops proclaiming the message of Jesus' love for the world. And yet so often we stay silent and say nothing because of fear or many other things. We have the life-transforming truth of Jesus Christ. Some of us can say, I used to do things this way. I met Jesus. I committed my life to him. I've changed, and now I'm doing this. For the glory of God, I've changed. And yet deep within inside, we, we don't share that with other people. When we're called to shine, and we're called to tell this world that this is who we are. And that there's a Savior who loves you. If you're not a believer here this morning, welcome to Cornerstone. This is who we are. We love Jesus. We believe that there is a separation between God and man. And it's called sin. But Jesus, it says in John 3, 16, loved the world so much that he, or God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus, his only son, to die on a cross for our sins 
so that we would have the opportunity to be connected with God again in eternity. And we believe that. That's who we are. And we just want to say that, that we would love for you to know that. And if you don't, and if you don't want to, right, and we're not going to tackle you. We're not going to put you in a chokehold and say, you will learn this and do this now. We're not going to do that. But this is who we are. And we want to walk alongside of you and answer questions. That's why we're here. That's, that, is, that is why we're here. And in fact, what we need to be doing is just telling you about it. We need to be shining it out with the way we live our lives. And if you're a believer here in this room, we are the church of Jesus Christ. Everything that exists in this building is built upon Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross. The reason why we sing the songs we sing is because we are grateful for the love and the grace that he has shown us through Jesus Christ. That is why we exist. That is why we are here. This is not a glee club. This is a place where we get the opportunity to learn about Jesus Christ, walk out those doors and live it out in our lives. I love that. That's when the church becomes powerful. That's when this message becomes amazing. You can feel it. Church, we need to shine. We need to shine by the way we live our lives. We need to be telling this story to as many people as we can, building relationships with people to tell this story because Jesus says, and we're going to dig in this passage next week. We're going to tear it apart. It says in Matthew 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city on a mountain glowing in the night for all to see. Don't hide, please don't hide your light under a basket. Instead, put it on a stand for it to shine to all. That now that you have this life-changing truth and you've experienced in your life, you used to be this way, you met Jesus and now you're this way, it's time for you to live that out in your life by shining, by spelling it out for people and telling them your story. That we are to shine, our lives are to shine. And Jesus goes a step further in Matthew 28, uh, verse 19, a passage that we uh, pen the Great Commission. And it says this, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says this to the disciples, You've seen me heal people. You've seen me hang out with the lepers. You've seen me raise Lazarus from the dead. I prophesied that I would die on a cross and that I would rise again. And Peter, you denied me. And Thomas, you doubted me. But now you've experienced it. Now you've seen the things that I have done have now come to fruition. That I have died on the cross and that I have risen again and I beat death. And so what I need you to do now because I'm about to head to heaven to prepare a place for those who believe and trust in me, I need you to beat my hands and feet. I need you to go out and spread the love and the joy that you have seen and experienced with me these last three and a half years. I need you to go and make disciples. Go tell the story of Jesus, the story of the Bible. Go tell it to the world. The same commission that he gives to the disciples 2,000 years ago, he gives to the church of Jesus Christ today that we go that we go and tell people what Jesus has done for us. 
and for our lives, that we would feel such a passion for his word, that we would cause us to be obedient in our actions, that our lives would not be something that we hide, but we open up for the world to see this is who we are and this is what we believe. And if you get it, it will change your life. And so what this passage is saying is live your life out. Shine your light for the world to see because then they will see Jesus. And then the world will know we don't hate them and that they do matter. Some of you are doing this very well. Continue to move forward in your evangelism, in your telling the story of Jesus. And there's a lot of us in here that need to work on it. And we're going to talk about this for the next couple weeks. We're going to walk through this series of hidden. And we're going to talk about what the Bible says when it comes to sharing your story. When it talk about sharing the love that Jesus gave to us what that looks like, how we can do it, all that kind of stuff. Please come back, invite your friends to hear what the scriptures have to say. This is not my opinion. It is what the Bible says. It is the calling of what it means to be a Christian. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of people sitting in a room. So let's do it. Let's shine our lives for the world. Let's not hide it. Let's let everyone see so that people could come to the understanding that there is a God in heaven who knows them and loves them and desires desperately for them to know him. Let's pray. Lord God, I stand here this morning knowing there's been opportunities that I've missed in my own life to tell people about you. God, would you give me um, the strength to say the words I need to say to, the, to a world who is looking for answers. God, that you would give us the strength to fulfill the great commission, that we would stop holding back because of fear and excuses, but Lord, that we would move forward in your truth, that you love us and that you love this world and that there is a decision to be made. God, give us the strength that that we could let our lives shine to you and for this world, that we wouldn't hide it, but we would let everyone see like a city on a hill, that no one would be able to deny that there is a God who loves them deeply. Lord, we love you and we thank you. And to you be all the glory, honor, and praise forever and ever. Amen.